On this episode, I go into the tools that I use on a day-to-day -day basis and give you a bit of a background as to why I chose them in the first place. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 31 of Arv's Notes. Happy New Year, first and foremost. Uh, I am actually recording this on New Year's Day, so wishing everybody out there an incredible 2019. Um, I've obviously got massive aspirations for what Attica will do this year, and so it's going to definitely be a huge year uh, for me. And actually, sticking over into the new year, one of the things that you know I came into 2019 with, especially with Attica, was that 2018, and when I first launched Attica back in September uh, 2018, that three and a half months that I had in 2018 was kind of like the, the practice run. It was setting foundations, getting comfortable, um, working out all the kinks so that when I hit 2019, I was starting with a solid foundation. And so instead of having that New Year's resolution to, in 2019, start a business, I instead took the opportunity to look at it as, I'm going to run a successful business in 2019, let's lay the foundations in the latter part of 2018 so that I could hit the ground running uh, and accelerate out. And it kind of talks towards my, um, what's the word I wanna look for here? It talks to, my mindset when it comes to New Year's resolutions. Um, I actually never set New Year's resolutions. Instead, I believe that unless you are able to just start at any point in time and you actually don't need that impetus, that, um, that date, an arbitrary date being Jan 1 in order to start something, um, I think you're starting on the wrong foot. And that's, for me, what I found. You know, every time I started New Year's resolutions, I would never actually keep them. Uh, instead, they would usually fizzle out after a month and a half. But what I quickly realized is, if you had enough will, enough drive, enough passion to do something uh, at any point in the year, and you didn't need that round date, that Jan 1 date to start something, and you had the will to start it, like I did for Attica three and a half months ago, then that is the signs of something that you'll be able to do long term. So I never have New Year's resolutions, rather I just, do. I just start and get going. Anyway, quick rant um, heading into 2019, but um, a perspective that I think is useful uh, for so many of you, uh, especially for, well, I won't say for so many of you, but uh, for me, definitely it was. But today's episode, you know, the last two, I've kind of gone into all the uh, updates along the way for the week that was, you know, what I've done during the week, what has worked, what hasn't worked. Um, and so just to break up that format a little bit, uh, today's episode is going to be all about the tools that I am now using to run my startup as a individual running an entire now company and looking to scale uh, in 2019, you know, what are the technology tools that I use personally uh, every single day to run my business? And I think this one here is going to be incredibly valuable just purely because it's going to take out a lot of the research work that you guys might be doing um, if you are looking to start a side hustle or even move into your own full-time um, startup. 
but some of the tools that I believe will help truly accelerate uh, any of you because it has for me thus far. Um, and the big one starting out straight away. So if we just take a look at it, um, when you're looking at BAU business stuff, uh, stuff you just kind of have to have, have to do, uh, the big one for me is zero, X-E-R-O, uh, accounting. One, because my accountant uses zero and that's what uh, he prefers me to use, but two, um, its ability to one, integrate with a range of other applications uh, and it's ease of use to just send out invoices. At the end of the day, cash flow is king for any business and so you need the right tools behind you to be able to invoice, track spending, track expenses, report properly. Uh, and for me, Zero has been the hands down winner uh, for that. Um, so that's obviously the accounting, the, the finance side of things. Uh, kind of boring. Uh, the other semi-boring one is G Suite. Uh, G Suite is how I host my email. It is um, incredibly intuitive. It's very easy to do. I can set up my mail servers. Um, I can set up my email, set up extra teams. You know, G Suite just works quite well. Um, and what I found was using the Gmail browser uh, as my main uh, business email browser has worked incredibly well as well. Um, I've predominantly used Office 365 and Outlook uh, for most of my uh, career through corporate and that's just because that's the platform of choice there but uh, G Suite has worked well for me so far um, and there's really no need to change there. It's relatively cheap as well so Unlike Office 365, it is a bit pricier uh, per user. And so the, one of the other reasons why I chose G Suite is not only do I get access to Google Sheets, um, which for me, especially when you're starting to do real-time collaboration, uh, works incredibly well and something and better than Excel uh, in my perspective for where you need real-time editing between uh, two or more people. But it's also incredibly cheap. And so I've got plans for my side accounts, like the inquiries at attica.co. I've got an email address dedicated for all my social accounts uh, at attica.co. And obviously my email address, which is arvind at attica.co, um, I can get the, the richer uh, experience by having more storage space um, with the accounts. And so at 10 bucks a month, uh, for each of the email addresses and if you really want to step it down and not have that unlimited file storage which i use uh, quite a bit um, you can just go five bucks a month and that's incredibly cheap to get business email storage um, and effectively one of the foundational elements of your business in place so g suite is another one that i use um, moving on from there one part of g suite that i use quite a bit is cloud storage and so a lot of my files that I'm using now, whether it be proposals, whether it be business cases, all the collateral, all my imagery um, from logos uh, and everything in between, I store on Google Drive uh, and Google Stream. And so by having that near unlimited storage, um, I'm able to now upload high rich media. I don't have to worry about the, the laptop here running out of too much space anymore because um, it's all cloud hosted and you can do it for incredibly cheap uh, with G Suite. So 
really, I didn't, I looked at Dropbox, for example, to host a lot of that storage. Um, I looked at Office 365's um, OneDrive, um, but when I looked at the cost benefit for me personally, obviously go out and do it yourselves if you really want to get into the nuts and bolts um, of how you want to run your business. But for me, when I looked at all the file storage, email hosting, um, G Suite definitely won out and not looking back on that decision whatsoever. So those are the main tools that I use just for BAU businesses, G Suite and, uh, and Xero. But now is where it actually comes into the more the fun stuff. You know, a big piece of running a business is not necessarily just doing the service that you are intending to deliver to your customers. So in my case with Attica, that is delivering a consulting service um, to my customers around technology and innovation. Now that one there I can do. That's mine effectively is client services, it is consulting, and so it's very much my effort. It's about me putting my intellectual capital, my thought capital, IP, problem-solving capabilities, and effectively solving challenges. And so for that, you don't really need any tools. But the big thing about running a business, and especially looking at trying to get new clients, building up the brand, building trust, is that you actually need a proper brand and marketing strategy behind it. Otherwise, you're not gonna be able to get your service in front of anybody. Now, I made that realization very quickly uh, on the back of my last business, which failed miserably. Um, I've talked about this in previous episodes as well, but in that, in that um, attempt at a consulting business, this brand and marketing piece, I didn't actually quite understand. I've talked about this individual quite a bit as well, um, but over the last sort of 18 months to 24 months, I've been consuming a shitload of Gary Vaynerchuk's uh, content. And so a lot of my understanding about how to execute uh, via digital media, digital marketing, social marketing has come from his perspectives, and but also bringing in uh, my own insights from the, the industry, given that I have been a part of it for so many years. And as well, uh, my wife obviously being in advertising and marketing and graphic design, I think these three things came together quite well um, this time around for, uh, for Attica. And so being able to execute far more effectively on that front. And when you really dive into it, you realize just how important this is. Because I did, um, this time around, I made um, a few investments that I think last time I would have seen as overhead that could have been pushed aside up until I had revenue. This time around, I invested heavily into branding, marketing um, upfront, realizing that that was gonna be the difference between success and failure. And so what tools am I using here? To give you an insight as to why I chose the tools that I did, there was a premise that I went into this with that I will never waver from. And that is the customer is at the center of everything that I do. And, and that's important. The customer has to be at the center of everything you do. And one thing I had to realize was I couldn't bring my own prejudice as to what I believe the, the service should be, but rather test the market, test against customers to see what they want. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how good you build something or how good you think 
you've built something. If no customer actually wants it, you've not got a business. And so the customer is at the center of everything that I do. And so that means testing, validating to see whether or not things were working or not. Um, testing against actual customers to get real-time feedback to make sure that I was building something that was of value to them. And having this at the heart of everything over the last three and a half months of building this has led to four to five website iterations. It's led to now, I think my third iteration of a social media and content strategy. Um, it has led to now investments into tools that have now, are now going to make 2019 that much easier for me to run as a individual contributor to this business um, that I believe will make or break my success in 2019. So the first one, the first tool that I use consistently day in, day out is Canva. So Canva is um, a design platform, um, canva.com actually an Australian uh, SaaS company, um, an incredibly powerful tool. You know, one of the things that I realized coming into this was unless things looked appealing, looked professional, it was a very hard to build trust and to get people to take a shot on me to be able to, to try the business, especially if you had subpar graphic design, subpar creative, if you will, um, around everything that I did, whether it be uh, proposals, whether it be um, collaterals like white papers, um, Instagram content. And if you've been watching this series and you go on to YouTube, you'll see that the cover art that I use, I'm experimenting around with it quite a bit, but all that cover art is also done on Canva. Um, and that is, uh, and it's a tool that ultimately when I first started out was free, but now I've upgraded to the pro version of the business version. I can't remember exactly what it's called. Um, and with that, I'm now able to upload my brand kit. Another thing that my wife helped me with incredibly, actually she did pretty much all of it. Um, but a brand kit within Canva means that I align all the color palettes that represent Attica. Um, and we have five major colors that we use, um, fonts. So regardless of what design I'm doing, it's gonna have consistency now in the brand. Um, and I can now upload, I can upload content, I can f have better file systems around it so I can better organize and arrange my content uh, on Canva. So I've, I've opted to go to their pro version, which also then gets me access to a whole bunch of other free images um, that are part of that subscription. I cannot stress enough how important the creative was uh, for Attica over the last three months. Um, while I have uh, started that social piece, I've tested it, I've seen what seems to be getting engagement working. What you'll start seeing as of the 7th of Jan is now a content calendar across Facebook, Instagram, partially on Twitter, you'll see it on LinkedIn, um, across both this brand of Ars Notes, which effectively is the brand that I'm portraying in order to help build Attica, and Attica will be going into full gear. You're gonna start seeing on Ars Notes two to three posts per day on Facebook and Instagram. You're gonna start seeing more posts on LinkedIn um, through the Arbs Notes profile and leveraging that same content, publishing on Attica, on, their Insta on the company's Instagram page, Facebook page, and 
LinkedIn page. Canva, if without Canva, uh, I'd be dead in the water purely because you'd be forced to either go to freelancers in order to get that content done um, or get the skills to be able to use one of the more premium uh, applications like a Photoshop. But the way the Canva is designed, it is literally drag, drop, it's intuitive, it's made for the everyday person, but, but getting the quality that you would expect out of a professional designer. So definitely check it out. It's an invaluable tool. Um, I can't not use it anymore. And the second big tool that I now use on a day-to-day -day basis is HubSpot. The big thing about marketing and sales is that you need to be able to track and have a single view of every single one of your prospects and your customers. And without the right customer record management tool, sales and marketing tools, that's going to be a very, very hard thing to do. And to today's world where you've got now what we call an inbound marketing strategy, that is instead of a whole bunch of push content here, buy my service here, 20% off, buy now, buy now, that's really, really all push marketing. One thing I realized was my business, Attica, required a lot of trust from the end customer to be able to trust me to deliver for them in what is a very high ticket, high tier offering. Because my skill set is that of a chief technology officer, I'm not gonna be able to just push a 20% promotion and hope that someone looks at it and wants to buy it. You know, at three and a half thousand dollars per month, that's a very high ticket price. And so you need to build trust. You need to show them who you are. And so an inbound marketing strategy is definitely the way to go for a business like mine. Now, if I was running a product business, something like a, a $50 breathalyzer or a $20 widget, whatever it might be in that lower space, then yes, push marketing absolutely works. And I would be going hard on pushing out to Facebook, Instagram uh, to sell the product. But because mine's a high tier consulting offer, not gonna work. And so what inbound marketing is all about is creating brand and trust. It's about providing information, insights via blogs, white papers, via text and chat and engagement, giving as much content as possible to not only help my end prospect, and a lot of my content I'm giving away for free, um, all my insights, my IP, I give away for free in order to enable every single one of the people out in the market with the skills that they need to thrive. But the idea being that as you start to build that trust by giving away so much for free and that they're able to execute against it and see the results, then when they're actually in need of that help, I'll be the first person, Attica will be the first company that comes to mind when they're then going out into the market. And I've built that trust because I've given away so much for free that's been useful and of value that at that point there, I can then go in for the ask. It also leads them down what you would call a funnel. So with each engagement with a new piece of content, um, with each execution against that content, um, I'm then able to position the next stage for them. Um, and so for my content and so my marketing strategy was always to start off with small pieces of content, work up towards providing a white paper that gives far more detailed insight as to what they should be doing, um, a cheat sheet slash checklist to make sure that they do all the steps required in order to execute against it. 
And then at that point, and this is what I'll be executing in 2019 with, is to then offer a free um, workshop with 10 other of my prospects in the room where I go into the micro and contextualize everything that I've done uh, in my content for their individual businesses. The idea behind this strategy for me was always that I need to make sure that everybody gets value from what they buy from me because my reputation is everything at this point. I'm not going to take money from a business that's not going to get value from what they get from me because if they can execute without me, they should go ahead and execute without me. There's no point bringing me on for no reason. But by getting to a workshop, being able to contextualize um, that content then to their business um, uh, very intimately, if they can execute themselves, great. But at that point in time, if they still can't execute against it, but believe that that is the way that they need to move forward, those are the prospects that I want to, be, I want to make customers because I know that my contribution to their business is actually gonna pay massive dividend. Now HubSpot's great in that they have all the automated tools in their platform that allows you to do this. From both a marketing, sales, and service perspective, they keep the customer at the center of everything they do, and their tools are incredibly powerful. On my website right now, because of HubSpot, I've got live chat that automatically notifies me when someone's on the website, I can chat directly with them. I can create these click funnels, if you will, or these sales funnels that as customers engage with content, I'm able to, it's kind of creepy, but like record IP addresses initially. And then when I go in for the ask of an email address and a job title, be able to marry that, con that contact information with previous engagements on content. I can then see exactly what a customer has engaged with, I then know how to target the next piece of content to them so I can push that to them via social marketing, via direct email marketing, whatever that method might be, um, all the way down to the point where they will then get an invite to one of those workshops. And all of that, all of that process from start all the way from the first engagement all the way through to the fourth, fifth, sixth engagement is completely automated. The moment that I set up the rules, that is, if prospect A looks at this content, offer them uh, this uh, link to this blog post. If they go to this blog post, then offer them to download a white paper. If they've downloaded the white paper, then offer them to download um, the cheat sheet checks, checklist. Then uh, send uh, a message to say, how did you go with that checklist? And then after that, push out the here's an invite to a workshop where we'll take you through and work out how to tailor all of that for your business. That's 100% automated, incredibly powerful, incredibly valuable. Uh, and so I invested into HubSpot to get that piece of um, software and that capability. The second one, uh, a big piece for me there is also uh, social media um, content uh, calendars. It's going to be very tedious for me to log on to Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and manually post out every single day two to three posts. Um, it's going to take an incredible amount of time. You know, when you're in the day-to-day -day grind, um, you're probably going to forget. And the, and the thing is, when you make a commitment to an end prospect or customer or audience, and you make the promise that you're going to post two to three times a day, you need to you need to deliver against it because your word is everything, especially in a startup. Now, 
we went through a lot of iterations on the, the software in order to do this. Um, you've got software like Sprout Social, you've got um, Buffer, uh, I think we had CoSchedule. These are all tools that allow you to schedule these posts to these platforms um, ahead of time so that you just know day in, day out, you've got posts going out when they need to, already vetted, already sanity checked. It's gonna be good quality stuff being posted um, for you. But HubSpot as well has this capability. And so when I go into HubSpot right now, I've got a marketing calendar that allows me to track, uh, not sorry, tracks to schedule posts in the morning, afternoon, and evening, every single day, weeks and months in advance. And so, so far over the Christmas break, um, and if you look to previous episodes, I've talked to how I was going to um, make sure that I had, you know, one to two months of content ready to go. Well, I've got now three weeks of content ready to go, already scheduled into HubSpot to automatically push out to all my platforms. Um, so I don't have to worry about it. I can just spend a couple of hours on a weekend to set it up for a week, even more like what I've been doing now to set up for three weeks and a month. And hopefully by the 7th of Jan, I've got almost two months worth of content. That's my aspiration to get to. So for all of January and February, I'm gonna have content being published every single day without me having to touch it. And then I just need to worry then about engagement on that content um, as people start to engage with it a bit more. Uh, and that's uh, incredibly powerful and almost a non-negotiable when it comes to business um, in today's age, 2018, 2019. And the next big one for me then as well is social media marketing. And so this platform as well allows me to create ads natively within my HubSpot platform um, to then push out to potential prospects. And so now on the advertising side of things and the marketing side of things, this platform does it as well. It is the one platform that I saw that did everything that I needed all in one and didn't mean that I had to go to multiple tools to do it. You know, I could have done this with a basic CRM, like Zoho CRM. I could have then taken on CoSchedule. I could have then taken on a marketing piece. But having three different applications for me to manage to run was just a huge overhead that I wasn't willing to take. And so that's why HubSpot is now effectively the engine room uh, for Attica. I was lucky because I'm a startup, I managed to qualify for the HubSpot startup program. And so this piece of software, the marketing specifically, but also brought in some of the sales um, modules in as well. But the modules that I brought on retailed at about 1,200 per month. Now that's a huge overhead for a startup, but luckily HubSpot realizes that. And because I made the HubSpot startups program, I'm getting that for 100 and 30 bucks a month, so effectively 90% off. And when you look at everything that that's gonna be doing for me, day in, day out, that is incredibly cheap for what I'm getting out of it. It is 100% worth a thousand bucks, but for a startup with minimal revenue, um, I'm getting that at 130 bucks a month, and it'll increase every year, um, obviously, until I get to the, that full price standard, but when starting out at 130 bucks a month, an incredible investment for me. And so that's it for really the tools that I use. Zero G Suite to run the back-end operations of my business, Canva for my creative, and HubSpot uh, is effectively then the engine room, the heart and everything in between for the business. 
uh, into 2019. There are other little tools that I use as well, like I use Slack for communication, um, and that's a free tool that you can you can sign up for and you can start leveraging that. Um, I use that to communicate with my customers as well, but at the same time, I just communicate on whichever channel they want. So sometimes I'm in a Zoom meeting, sometimes I'm in a Skype for business meeting, sometimes I'm on a Slack meeting, sometimes I'm on a Google Hangouts meeting. Like I just pick and choose the tools as when my customers want. They're not critical for my business, um, and so not, I didn't include the detail behind them uh, in this post. But the fact that I can run an entire business myself of four applications, uh, incredibly powerful, and you would not have been able to do this you know, 10 years ago. And so that's it for this episode. Hopefully you got something out of it, giving you a bit of perspective as to where you should be looking at, looking at the power of of, this, of how easy it is now in 2019 to run and operate a business. Um, because I can tell you now, without these tools, I would not be able to do this by myself. I would have to have bring brought on a business partner. I would have to find that right individual. These tools have empowered me to maintain uh, me as a sole operator um, and allow me to then find the right business partner as and when they come and not be forced down that path. So incredibly powerful for me, incredibly powerful for me. So that's it for this episode. Um, as always, thank you so much for taking the time to watch this content, listen to this on the podcast. And as always, I can't wait to see you guys next time.